Bing bong. We are live. I got another in-person interview with another guy from Bitcoin Bay. I think they just keep breeding these guys. This is Fabio sitting here to my right. He's also my intern, so um, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to get into that a little bit. But first, big shout out to Pleb Lab down in Austin, Texas. Carr and the boys, Super Testnet, all of them doing a great, great job of uh, you know, putting together a ton of events. They've got a Nomad Pass. They've got uh, Startup Day. I'm going to be narrating some panels in Startup Day, August 21st and 22nd. That's right before Bitblock Boom. So if you're going to go to Austin to go to Bitblock Boom, buy a ticket to Startup Day. And if not, if you're not going to go to Austin, it's $150. Do it to support the cause. Support Pleb Lab. They're building a bunch of great shit down there. So go ahead and purchase it. I mean, like, if you're not going to go down to Austin, you know, toss them a couple sats here or there. I mean, the boys are fucking building. They're doing the damn thing down there. And then, I already mentioned it earlier, but Bitblock Boom. If you're going to go, you haven't bought your ticket yet, use promo code GREENCANDLE, all lowercase, all one word. You can get 10% off. There you go. I saved you 10%. And you can use that 10% to stack more sats or send that 10% on over to Pleb Lab to help the boys out. All right, Fabio, enough from me, dude. How you doing today? What's up? Uh, I want to first uh, start off by saying I'm nobody's intern. You're uh, my intern, brother. You're my intern. <laughs> no, I'm the talent for this show. Yeah, bull fucking shit, dude. <laughs> bull fucking shit. No. All right, man. Well, Fabio. Yeah, all up? right. Tell us, tell us who is Fabio? How did you get started in Bitcoin Bay and uh, the the Orange Pill story? I'll, I'll leave it like wide open. So since you're the talent here, let's hear your talk for a couple minutes, buddy. All right. I'll just rip it. Um, so... Bitcoin, my origin, origination story into Bitcoin uh, was actually all the way back in 2013. Um, trying to buy drugs on Silk Road. Nice. <laughs> um, stay off the weed, kids. Yeah, yeah stay off the weed. Um, <laughs> no, and I I was working or I, I bought it off a, a kid uh, from my school and he had a whole, you know, a lot of it. And I was like, where the hell did you get this from? He's like, oh, I bought it on the internet. I was like, well, then how'd the bank not, you know, stop your money? He's like, oh, well, I use, you know, it's all my money. It's Bitcoin. I was like, all right, whatever. Just give me the drugs. Um, and then fast forward to uh, 2017, uh, I was, uh, I think Robinhood had just like launched that year. Um, and Bitcoin was ripping. I had some money that I'd saved up from working summers. And I was like, you know, whatever, I'm going to trade it a little bit. Um, so I bought it, rode some of that wave up and then ultimately, you know, I ended up selling and then the, you know, the crypto winner came after 2017's pump and I didn't really keep tabs on it, but I was always on Twitter. So I would always get, you know, random Bitcoin stories or things thrown at me. And then leading up to the happening in, in 2020, I was, you know, keeping tabs on it. I had at that point I was working, so I had more money to kind of invest. I was like, hey, this seems like a pretty good idea. I'm going to put a little bit in. You know, I understand basic economics, right? If, if supply is getting cut in half or outstanding supply is getting cut in half, price must go up. Um, so I bought a little bit then. And then at that point, I saw it ripping and, you know, price doubled and went from like four to eight. I was like, okay, this is pretty sweet. Then it went to 10, 15, 17. I was like, all right, now I really need to understand what this thing is. Um, so I dove in head first, um, started listening to as many podcasts as I could. I was, day and night i would throw on a podcast right when i woke up right when i went to work in the car at work before i went to bed i just absorbed as much as i could and anything that i didn't understand what they were talking about in the uh in the podcast i would go on twitter and i would google search or i would search on twitter i would google search it i would go on youtube i was just i dove head first in um and leading 
to Tampa, I guess, in Bitcoin Bay. Um, I had moved to Tampa a couple of years ago um, from Sarasota. In Sarasota, there was, wasn't much of a, a crowd uh, in the Bitcoin space back then, so I couldn't really find a meetup. Um, but I came to Tampa, wanted to find a, a meetup. Most of them were, were on Wednesday nights. It uh, wasn't working for me. Um, and then Ben was in um, – shout out Ben Shrove, um, Roller Hoddle. Uh, we were, he had mentioned in one of those meetups over zoom that he was like, Hey, um, you know, we're doing a Bitcoin only meetup next week, you know, bit devs show out. I was like, all right, cool. Log it out. I saw him the following Thursday. Um, and we met up, that was the first night I met Wes as well. Who's on our, on our board. Um, and it was, you know, Wes oh, actually, wait. Uh, correction Wes has stepped down as president so. yeah right right yeah <laughs> just kidding just kidding <laughs> yeah he's vice president now no kidding um but yeah so at that point we we after bit devs we went to a bar and we're we stayed out till two in the morning uh just drinking talking and um we decided all right you know let's let's dive into this let's let's do more you know do what we can to kind of you know, turn Tampa into a Bitcoin city, right? We all love Tampa. We don't want to leave it. Um, we don't. We don't want to go to Austin or Nashville or anything like that just for Bitcoin. We want to bring Bitcoin here, right? I mean, if we believe in what hyper Bitcoinization can be or will be, um, Bitcoin's going to be everywhere. So let's lead from the front here. Um, and you know, we we that summer um, we started realizing that at those Bit Devs, they were probably a little bit too technical for the the normies that were showing up so we started hosting more events more kind of one-on-one uh basic content um and then about you know six eight ten months later uh we kind of decided hey we want to be a little bit more than just a meetup so we decided to uh you know organize organize as a as a nonprofit here uh in the state of florida um and we've applied for our 501c3 tax exemption um so hopefully you know, with everything that we're doing, being able to host, you know, more events, create more content, uh, more education, just trying to outreach and reach the the millions of people in our backyard here in Tampa and ultimately the, the great state of Florida. Yeah, and it's, it's great stuff. So uh, first question, now that you're a nonprofit, how much money have you laundered through this thing? <laughs> I'm losing money. This thing, it's a sinking ship right now. We need everybody's donations. Yeah, uh, no, no, I'm giving you a hard time. But yeah, yeah I mean, it, it definitely the grassroots movement, you know, it, it de definitely starts off, you know, obviously like losing money. I mean, as like everything kind of does, right? But I mean, it, it's worth it, you know, in a sense, right? It brings people together. You know, you guys are doing great things in the community. We have bit devs tonight. Uh, so shout out to to Benny Hoddle over here, you know, Benny Blader. He's also been on the show and we recorded in this very room as well. So, um, yeah, great stuff going on here at Bitcoin Bay. But you told me pre-show, you said Bitcoin is boring. So you want to talk <clears throat> macro, dude. So um, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm all for it. I mean, I think we can <laughs> we can kind of get into macro and we'll, we'll bring up Bitcoin where we need to. Yeah, um, no, I'm, obviously, I'm saying all this things, these things <laughs> tongue in cheek. Me and Fabio and, and Ben have, have painted the town red a couple nights. So, so uh, so we're all good friends here. But um, yeah, let's talk macro, dude. CPI. The biggest lie is CPI uh, came out yesterday at 3.2%, beating expectations of 3.3. Wow. Oh, yeah. The point, the point one beating. Thank God. So what do you think of CPI just in general? Let's, uh, uh. let's, let's dive into it there, man. Uh, what do you think about like, you know, this whole, I guess, one number to report 
to report inflation. Yeah, I mean, I guess maybe, you know, 30, 40 years ago is probably good in theory. Um, but they've taken the equation that's supposed to represent overall inflation in this country and they've butchered it to absolute shit. I mean, even just recently, they've taken out what automobiles, energy, and food. Like, okay, so in case you want to eat, I guess inflation doesn't matter to you. And if you want to, you know, put gas in your car to drive to work or, you know, run, run errands or do anything, uh, transportation wise, you know, I guess on, you know, not just individuals, but businesses, right. Shipping, uh, construction, you name it, everything runs off gasoline. Um, they remove that out of the equation. So yeah, I'm sure 3.3% is pretty doable, but, um, I, I believe I, I can't remember what it's called, but um, there is a website that still runs the inflation based on the old um, equations before they removed everything. And I think from 2020 to now was upwards of anywhere from 18 to like 25%. Um, it was pretty gnarly. So yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to see if I could find that right now. Cause I'd be curious to see yeah, if we can called, like pull that uh, up. It's called like know, the wood, something wood index. Okay. Yeah. I just found like some shadow government statistics. Um, sounds about right. <laughs> so I mean, it, it could be. It's basically like, uh, let's see. Let me see if I can find one. And, and if you're watching yeah. this on YouTube, you can. Uh, I'll probably pull up the chart if I find a good one. But essentially, yeah. Here we go. Let's share the screen. Uh, let's do that. This is a great audio for those listening um, to that. But um, let's do it. So, all right. Here's a little. Um, so you can see it here, right? I mean, like you see this big gap that they have right here, right? I mean, it's like late 21 or 22, it looks like it was like like 16%. And that's when they were like, it's it's essentially like double at this point, right? I mean, like from 1971 on, you can see that the gap just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And I mean, it's, it's going to continue, right? I mean, they're just going to keep moving the needle they're going to keep, you know, kicking the can down the road. They're going to keep changing that basket of goods. And for those who haven't seen it, um, the uh, Great Reset and the Rise of Bitcoin by uh, Pierre Corbin is a great documentary. And he kind of goes into, you know, a, a lot about, um, you know, inflation, like how it's calculated and where Bitcoin kind of fits in, in in all of this scenario. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know if you're following like much of you know, the stock market are kind of like other aspects of things. I know like, you know, you're, you're kind of in the real estate side of things as well, but um, like, have you kind of noticed, uh, you know, kind of how that aspect or how that um, I guess asset class in a sense has been doing this year? Have you been following that any or no, not in that? terms of housing? Well, stock market housing, like of course housing, but let, let's go into the stock market. If you, if you've been following yeah, that, man, I, I always keep up on that. Um, I try to stay plugged in. I mean, one last thought on the inflation. Did you see Powell? I think it was yesterday when they asked him about why 2% is this magic number. And he yeah. just didn't have an answer. Yeah. <laughs> he kept, oh, he yeah, kept dodging it. it. He yeah. kept dodging it and he started getting squirmy in his seat. And it's like, well, yeah. What, why is 2%? I think she said something about like, how does 2% help my, you know, citizens in uh, Indiana or something like that. It's yeah. true. It doesn't. It's 2% is a made up fallacy to begin with. Well, I mean, if you think about it, right. I mean, it's 2% compounded year over year over year. Right. Right. And then like, I think that, it cut, cuts in half and I think it's what, 20 years or something like that to yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like, I can't it, remember, but yeah. I, okay. But like, do you think we're really like 2% more efficient from a year before? 
and like, okay, are we 8% more efficient because that was a CPI reported number? It's like, I get it. Technology is supposed to help like, you know, make people more efficient in a sense. But in, in the end, like where we're at right now, it's essentially like we cannot keep up with the amount of inflation for like, essentially like expediting the amount of goods and services. And that's why you're seeing like, obviously, you know, things like uh, the beef initiative pop up because, you know, they're, they're having to try to, you know, take shortcuts essentially <clears throat> to just churn and kind of make these products and services a lot quicker because, and, and for like lower margins and cheaper and all that kind of stuff, because, you know, the inflation is just getting insane. So, right. um, I mean, but, yeah, that chart you just showed was inflation at, you know, 17% or whatever the, yeah. the old 1980-based equation is. But that doesn't even include the shrinkflation, which is, you know, the invisible, mm -hmm. the second layer invisible tax on, yeah, on humans exactly. where, you know, you could go on TikTok or YouTube or Twitter or whatever and, and look up shrinkflation and there'll be, you know, whole whole uh, videos on it on different, you know, whether it's meat is a tough one to do, but, you know cereal or you know toilet paper or whatever right they just shrink it they go okay well if we can't raise the price 50 percent, even though our costs are you know then we're going to raise it 25 percent. then we're going to make it 25 percent smaller and that's where we're going to make up our margin these big companies these big corporations they're going to get their bottom line one way or another um and many times this year it's been shrinkflation but um yeah i mean i think in terms of of stock price uh or stocks just in general I mean, the name of the game this year has been just those big, the big four, big five, right? It's like NVIDIA, Tesla, Google, Amazon, and what, Microsoft? Yeah, I mean, and, like, the, the narrative is like there's kind of like seven of the S&P 500 are like kind of carrying the whole thing, which I mean, it's just kind of like, I mean, you know, in a sense, yes, in a sense, no. I mean, like the rest of the market's been kind of sideways, but, you know, the narrative has always been like that decade, 2010 to 2020, there's essentially like straight line up, right? Obviously right. there were some tough months or whatever, but you would like anticipate 10 to 15% of like gains from the S&P 500 if you just pump, put your money in there and just didn't look again. Well, for those who aren't following, we're already up 17% just about year to date in the S&P 500. We're not at the all time high. We're a little bit below that, but we reached like the all time high um, in like July of this year. So, I mean, like, it's just, it's, 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 it's insane. It doesn't make any sense if you really think about it and take a step back. Right. I mean, you know, you know, you live your day to day. Do you think that the economy is doing the best that it's ever done ever right now? Absolutely not. I mean, it's, it's all financial gymnastics, right? Like the stock price is not always an indicator of how healthy and successful a company is. I mean, there's tons of different reasons why, I mean, if we took the S&P and boiled it down to one company, you know, you can keep that stock price climbing to 17% by, you know, doing share buybacks or firing a shit ton of employees or, you know, cutting, cutting costs here and there. But ultimately, is the company doing better? Like, are they 17% more, per, like producing more or adding more value to human, you know, capital? No, not really. Um and on top of that, I mean, tied, tying that back into uh, into inflation, right? It's at what's their margin, right? Because the inflation is basically a cut into that. So if inflation's on average this year been six, seven percent, whatever it was the past or you know eight months, that seventeen percent is actually only you know nine or ten, or I guess yeah. eleven or ten. Um, and that's what a lot of people don't realize. I know there's there was a good chart that 
kind of opened my eyes uh, was from the dot com bubble till now. If you take the, it's like the Dow or the S and P five hundred um, divided by money supply, and it just goes flat. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's really no there's money to be made in it. Of course, like you know, obviously there's people are making money, but what they're stealing from us with all this money printing is abundance, right? We're world power. Everybody in America should be living, you know, large. Like we work our asses off. We, you know, we even do, you know, we we pick up second hobbies, second jobs, second streams of income uh, to try to, you know, continue to progress and, you know, like climb that hill, if you will. And what they're taking from us is abundance. Right? Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, it's not, we're, we don't live miserable lives here, but it's bullshit that we can't live you know, much better lives. Yeah. Well, all right. I, 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 I saying all this kind of made me think, right. I mean, well, what's the solution, right? Obviously, you know, we are we'll, sitting here. We, we think Bitcoin, like kind of like a hard money aspect of things. I was laughed at, at a, uh, Bitcoin Bay meetup when I brought up the idea of potentially backing the dollar with Bitcoin. And now RFK is putting that in his campaign. Funny how things work. I didn't uh, laugh. Yeah. Well, hey, I was the media was suppressed (laughs) in that that meeting by somebody named Wesley Schlimmer, who's in the comments right now. So if if you're if you're seeing him in the streets, go ahead and uh, make sure to let him know that he suppresses the media. But what do you think of all of it? I mean, like, obviously, it's crazy. It's kind of like I I I brought up the idea. But to, to me personally, I don't even see how like we could potentially even implement that it would take years over time. And like the Democratic Party, let's face it. Like, I mean, whether you're a Democratic or Republican or a Libertarian or whatever you want to say you are, the Democratic Party has not been friendly to Bitcoin whatsoever so far. And um, because uh, it hasn't been friendly, the the and RFK isn't a part of the Democratic Party. I feel like you know, a president in four years, they really can't do much. So like. You know, what, what What do you think of all that? You think it, do you think it's just kind of, I don't know, like a LARP kind of thing? Or do you think it's like trying to get votes? Or do you think like his idea is almost legitimate? RFK specifically? Yeah. Well, um, I mean, like RFK, the idea, I mean, like, yeah, just backing, backing the dollar. The dollar I by, mean, you know. in my opinion, we'd be better off printing a hundred trillion and just buying as much Bitcoin as we can with it. Right. <laughs> and and yeah. just beating, beating China and beating Russia and beating, you know, all these other Germany, all the Ukraine, whoever, right? Beating all these other world powers to the punch by just buying more Bitcoin than they do, right? That's that's game theory. But you know, if if they're so content and so driven to keep this dollar afloat and to continue to use the dollar, I mean it it I think his idea is probably is it, doable, right? Like you said, it's probably gonna take years and years and years. Um, I don't even know how the judicial system works if the president even has that type of power to push something like that through or at least even get the ball rolling. My guess is that he would get, you know, that that policy would kind of get cut at the knees every which way on its way up to, you know, the Supreme Court or whoever decides it. I'm not exactly sure. I mean, the Federal Reserve is a private entity, so I don't understand. <laughs> you know, yeah. the, the whole money, the whole money uh, system to begin with is is kind of uh, – gray and cloudy um, it is so. it's so interesting to me with all this stuff like now that i've kind of like gotten into you know i'm in the content game obviously but i'm like following like all this stuff like way more closely now than ever i did in like economics classes or anything but it's like <clears throat> if you sit back and like kind of think about it right i mean like jerome powell janet yellen 
all these people kind of in the the Federal Reserve have so much power over everybody else's day to day, you know, because they affect the money supply, inflation, kind of the monetary policy, all that kind of stuff. And it's under the ruse that we're in a democracy. But in reality, we just elect, you know, the president who then appoints the Fed chair. And so, I mean, you know, like I said, if you're on either side of the coin, Jerome Powell was uh, uh, the Fed chair under Trump and now he's a Fed chair under Biden. So, I mean, like you can't really say he was one way or the other. But at the end of the day, he wants to stay in office. So what is he going to do? He's going to, you know, kind of do whatever that political party that's in power tells him to do essentially right i mean like because they have that power and it's not like it's it's for the american people in a sense i mean like you know as you can tell like all these political powers that are you know out there right now they they don't want to give up that power of you know the, the money printing the money supply all that kind of stuff because that's just a lever that they can pull like i mean you saw that with with covid right i mean even trump was like oh i'll give you guys more stimulus Biden did the same thing, you know, PPP loans, like all that kind of stuff to try to keep people afloat. But, you know, in reality, it was just like the wrong move in general. Like, I mean, you know, sometimes we need a little bit of a correction. And that's what this whole, you know, monetary policy that we have, you know, causes is that we have these business cycles where there there has to be, there has to be a boom and bust because it can never be just like a flat line. There has to be growth when there's in inflation. And if there's not, that's when we bust. And so that's like that, you know, the main issue with all of this is that we're never going to be able to keep up with inflation just, you know, in general, right? I mean, yeah. everything that, that you know, what, what we're doing right now is just, you know, falling by the wayside, right? I mean, we're, we're not going to get more efficient. You know, if you you know, in order to have a livable wage now, you can't live off of the minimum wage. And they're trying to raise that to $15 an hour. And that kind of stuff too brings its own problems, right? I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, then you're going to need a college degree at a minimum to get a job. And now college is getting more expensive too. So, I mean, it's like, it, it's this never ending cycle that we're kind of getting down. And it's just like, fuck, man, how do like, where's the light at the end of the tunnel here, Fabio? <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, the light's pretty orange, if you ask me. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, that that's how we met, obviously. But, you know, I, I mean, that's every time I, I dive into macro, what you were just saying, right? The the, the system, the fiat system is so gross and, and ugly and, and so intertwined that the deeper you dig, the more problems you run into, right? Kind of like what you just said, where it's, Okay, well, now you need a college education. Well, college is, is you know, 60 grand a year because money's basically free and they give you student loans and, and you know, you're, anticip- you're anticipated to pay those back, but will you ever really? Who knows? Um, which just drives the cost up of that. You know, there's a million different different avenues uh, and different challenges that they face within their fiat system. Um, but, you know, back to kind of Jerome Powell and, and that whole, you know, system, the boom-bust cycle, right? He's what he's doing is trying to honestly protect the American people. And it does suck right now, right? Like, you know, unfortunately he can't undo the, uh, the wrongs, right? He can't undo the wrongs that we've experienced the last, you know, two to three years with the heavy inflation. Cause those prices, the things are just going to fall back down to where they were, right. They're going to come down maybe a, a, a smidge of them, but they're going to stay elevated to where, to where they rose to. Um, and you're seeing that, you know, across the board, whether it's, you know, food, housing, you name it. Um, 
but unfortunately they are in a really tough spot now because when you've driven that interest rate down to zero they're they're going to be bouncing off that zero bound until the thing explodes um and that's the system needs more and more liquidity right it, it, it collapses in on itself without more liquidity so what next time we see you know a crisis a liquidity crisis a debt crisis you know it's not going to be six trillion like trump printed um it's going to be probably 12 plus right um yeah and that's the problem there's going to be more and more of these liquidity problems more frequently and they're going to be bigger and that's going to be the story of the 2010 or 2020s um unfortunately until something unseats the the uh you know the ruling class do you think it's going to be like a quick transition like that you think or no like, I, I like, mean, how do you see this playing out because like i think that there's a lot of different game theories that we could go down the rabbit hole of yeah let's do it um i, I think what if i were to guess right obviously they've made it very clear that they're going to try their best to implement this digital dollar right you, but i mean the dollar's CDBC. already digital let, let, all right so right, like, but this it, would give them an excuse to default like they could yeah. they could quasi default just like they did in 1971 and just flip to this new dollar and that's just the new basis that underlines you know the price value of our, yeah. our economy i mean i've kind of like i've given a lot of thought to this cbdc thing like recently right obviously cbdc's are bad and we should never want that implemented but they're already monitoring right i mean like you yeah, can but... go to visa or mastercard right now and you can say all right you know how much is uh i don't know how much is uh fabio and brandon spending at the bar tonight and, yeah. and they can they could tell you exactly where we spent our money how much we spent and every single place we went they can map up our entire night basically yeah and absolutely. just figure out where exactly we are we had like i mean we're being monitored at all times like we have our phones here right i mean i have my laptop here like these but are all publicly traded companies that are in turn monitored by the sec so i mean i get it like right, cbdc's like are bad and like we already saw it in canada right i mean yeah but it's a it's the the thing that makes it different is that right now they print money and they have to give it to the banks to distribute to the people if wells fargo starts you know censoring me and not letting me buy meat at the grocery store or they're allotting how much gasoline i could buy in a week I can close my account at Wells Fargo and then go to Chase. And if they do it, I can close my account and go to a local, you know, credit union or whoever, right? There's a free market, it, you know, free market yeah, availability what that they don't ultimately control. Um, the issue that I see that's a little bit more sinister than that is not necessarily the censorship aspect of it. Cause I think, like you said, if if they told, you know, our bank to say, Hey, cut Fabio off. You know, they could close my account tomorrow. You know, there's not shit I can do about it. But the bigger problem that I see is that it basically allows them to control this liquidity in the market without needing the lever from the outside. Right. They don't need to print and then not print and print and not print. They can just go into your bank account and say, Hey, Brandon, I know you got that check last week for, you know, five grand or whatever, now we're putting a time limit on if you don't spend it within 30 days it's going to disappear yeah that's fine and that, that's fair like and that's how they're going to try to control this inflation and these these prices is by by like mandatory spending exactly or or basically just stealing your money 
Yeah. If prices start getting too high, they're going to say, hey, you know, you're not allowed to spend anymore. And that's that's where things start to get very dystopian. And I think the American people need, at that point need to kind of stand up and say enough yeah. is enough. Because if it, if it does I mean, get to that, that point. Ha- like, I don't know, man. Like, I, I think, like, you know, you're right in a sense, right? I mean, it, it could be, like, it's, it's more sinister than, you know, obviously just, like, freezing bank accounts. <laughs> they could do a lot of crazy things, right? I mean – We've all talked about the social credit score that, you know, potentially is being implemented in China, like that kind of stuff as well. But like they could still do that here right now, I think. Yeah. To to be honest with you, they could, man. Like they they could see like, all right, like, hey, you know, I I don't know. Like we like Tampa, Florida, very well known that, uh, you know, there's a strip club on every corner here. Right. I mean, (laughs) like if you go swipe your credit card there, you you use the debit card to get pull out cash at the, the one that you know, the ATM that's connected to this strip club, they could be like, all right, you know, I don't know, Fabio, you, you partake in these things and you, you you go and spend a grand at this strip club instead of spending money. Like we're going to just shut off like your debit card withdrawals. And then like, we're, we're going to turn off your credit card if you like, you know, or decline it wherever you go. And then they could also say, Hey, you know, we know Fabio's social security number because you know, the banks, they have to know that right. information we're blocking all bank openings by this social security number. So then how do you get around that? Bitcoin. Oh, of course. But I'm just saying like, all right, like, unfortunately, like we're, we're not like, yeah, yeah no, it's you not, know, that's the only solution though, is, is what I'm saying. Yeah. So like there is like a CBDC scare aspect of it, but like I'm saying, like they've limited criminals before that were on the run from like opening bank accounts already. They've done all these kind of things where it's like, okay, you know, we're not necessarily, I guess, awake to the fact that that this, like, I don't know, is like a potential possibility all the time. Because, like, if it was, you know, people would get more upset. But I think we're kind of like, you know, because of COVID, we've been inching closer and closer. Don't you agree? Yeah. No, we definitely have. I just don't think, you know, I, I like to, you know, if I'm proven wrong and, you know, they this digital dollar comes out or it doesn't come out and, you know, we just keep coasting in, in this economy that we have right now. That'd be great. But, you know, I guess for your example, right, let's say, you know, Bill, you know, started, you know, he's, he's an enemy of the state and they say, Hey, look, you're fucking not allowed. Yeah. Bill, <laughs> fucking Bill, you're not allowed to have a bank account. Right. He's yeah. like, well, Wells Fargo cuts him off. He goes, fuck, I want to go to Chase. Chase is like, sorry, we can't do that. Sorry, sorry, sorry. He can at least in today's day and age go work, at a landscaping company and get paid cash and he can eat and he can put food on his table and he can survive. If they create a digital dollar, not only, you know, obviously he doesn't have to deal with the, the banking problem, but they can basically delete his existence. Yeah. Like he can't, he, then he can't even go to the landscaper because the landscaping company's like, well, we have no way of paying you. Yeah. And he's going to what starve to death. Like then he's just, he's just going to be, you know, uh, basically a, a prisoner of the state if you well, will that, that, that makes what, an interesting right? an interesting kind of uh game theory here or like i don't know i don't know how else to word this but one particular party is very fond of immigrants and doesn't care if they get the how they come in and so in turn a lot of these immigrants do a lot of the landscaping stuff they get paid in t- they get paid in cash they don't they don't essentially uh you know pay taxes right i mean because they're yeah, illegal, and then they don't, they get paid in cash. 
so then like what happens there right i mean then it's like right. all right well all right the illegal immigrants aren't taking your jobs anymore because you physically cannot get paid in order to do that unless you have somebody basically on the inside like laundering these guys these digital i don't know giving them a specific account <laughs> yeah. and giving them a debit card in their name or in your name like i would be like hey i'm i'm the the leader of this landscaping company and fabio is is my worker and he can't open a bank account but i'll give him one of my bank accounts amazon just, gift cards yeah or yeah amazon <laughs> that could be something too I yeah mean, you're like, gonna start seeing more and more of that that type of yeah you know, that would be like tomfoolery that. but it's funny you brought that up i just recently uh, i think it was like july 1st in florida they enacted a new uh like verification policy and funny enough, many of these landscaping companies, all basically a ton of companies in the area, they saw uh, their crews just up and leave because it was a felony if you got caught as an illegal immigrant. And then it, the business itself would get punished if they you know, knowingly allowed illegals to work there. So now they have this, they can't just come in with a license. They have to have a license and a social security number. So it's like this second step of verification. And we're seeing, you know, cruise just up and leave they go all right well i gotta drive to georgia or south carolina or wherever um and that's you know that's an issue yeah and, i mean and it's, that's, it's that's an kind issue of balkan, but it, balkanization i guess yeah. but um it's an issue but it's not dude because i mean like if yeah but what do all those people do right yeah. what happens when what happens when millions of people are let across the border and they live in our cities and then all of a sudden they can't work and they can't they can't even get helicopter money from the government you know they're going to be yeah. hungry and in many states cold and hungry and they're going to be they're going to they're going to do something you know that yeah, that's i mean but it's like it's that's so, just, that's, that's human nature yeah but that's like so interesting too because it's like all right these guys they probably don't work for that much money on a day-to-day -day basis let's be honest like okay no. you know 15 20 dollars an hour maybe right for yeah. like a full day's job they get paid cheap and it's in cash and because it's in cash and they're legal they don't have to pay taxes on it so they don't really care because like in reality you know if you're i don't know a bernie sanders guy and you actually broke down the numbers of like his tax plan with the 15 percent or 15 dollar minimum wage you'd be getting the same exact take-home money as the 725 uh dollar minimum yeah. wage but you know that's neither here nor there <laughs> but anyway like these guys are right 15 dollars a day for eight hours <clears> maybe right so what is that that's 120 dollars a day and then times five um that's what um 600 a week i mean that's not that much money to be honest but hey yeah. you know that's like uh 1200 every two weeks and then that's 2400 a month I mean, like, you, you know, you survive. get, a, yeah, you can get a couple people like living in the same place and you can be able to live off of that. Um, but I think, I'd be, I mean, a bigger problem is, you know, back to kind of what you said with the college education, right? Many, it's almost impossible, not impossible, but it's very hard. If you're not an entrepreneur, it's very hard to get a job without a college education nowadays. And if somebody goes to school and pays, you know, 50 grand a year or whatever in student loan debt to go get a four year degree. I can guarantee you that person is not going to fill the role of, uh, of of that you know Zero illegal immigrant chance. or that that hard labor that blue collar worker who's Zero twenty feet chance. twenty feet in a hole laying sewer pipe trying to build a new you know residential community. Um, that you know that guy's not going to take that job. So then who fills that role, right? Yeah. The what's going to happen? I think you know here maybe not on a grand scale. We'll see how how much it impacts us, but. Ultimately, what that does is, is kind of, again, what, what you mentioned earlier, where it's always, 
all right, well, if you do this, this lever work, you know, this, this makes this worse, this makes this better, but then that makes this worse. And it's in that sense, you know, all right, so now what, if they don't have somebody to fill that hole, they're going to be slower. And if they're slower, they have to charge more. And if they charge more then the house is more expensive. And if the house is more expensive, then the, then the, the debt has to be more expensive for yeah. the mortgage. And if the mortgage is more expensive, then the collapse is greater. It, yeah, it, it, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> it grows and grows and grows. It's a big problem. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see how that, that all shapes out. Yeah. I mean, and like, let's think about it too, right? I mean, like college, college uh, student loans has been a, like a hot button topic, especially for like what's going on, right? They haven't opened those floodgates open just yet of like where student loan or people have to start paying those back. I think it's supposed right. to start coming back in, in September. I want to say we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. They'll, they'll, the next election. Oh, 100%. And, and I mean, they've the, been doing it every single time, the right? The new guy will make them pay, and then he's an asshole. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, like, I just saw this article while we were sitting here. It's, uh, colleges spend money like there's no tomorrow. These, and in quotes, these places are just devouring money. And so I was reading it a little bit as we are sitting here. The University of Kentucky has upgraded its campus by the tune of $805,000 a day for more than a decade. Oh my God. It's freshmen who come from one of the poorest states paid an average of almost 19,000 to attend in 21 and 22. So just for a year, 19 grand. And that's an in-state college. Penn State. Um, so, you know, Penn State, obviously famous for a lot of things, probably not good things, but it spent so much money that is now <laughs> as, as a bu budget crisis. And it's the most expensive public university in the United States. University of Oklahoma, OU, Boomer Sooner students hit some of the biggest tuition increases while spending millions on projects that include acquiring and renovating a 32,000 square foot Italian monastery for its study abroad program. So a lot, I mean, these yeah. colleges are just fucking throwing money everywhere. I mean, they're throwing, because I mean, it's a, it, it stems though from the fiat system as a whole right because i mean as we're if, talking about right i mean yeah. you, you need a college degree now to make a living right like, so you, it, yeah, it's like an entry-level requirement i mean obviously like bitcoin and like a lot of these bitcoin companies are kind of changing that if you show the proof of work but right. like in reality you yeah know, and it's a problem that stems you know ultimately from the money right because the money it's the big bank that says okay now we've convinced not convinced but basically society has decided that you need this college degree and they go, okay, well, we're giving you money super, super cheap. You know, here's a, here's a $20,000 loan at whatever X percent interest, you know, for the last 20 or I guess 10 years, it's been, you know, 2% or however low it was. Yeah. And th since they can give away that free money, the school's sitting over here going, oh, all right, well, if they're getting money to pay tuition from the bank, well, we know how rich the bank is. So why don't we just charge, we're just going to raise, raise our prices 20% year over year. And that's kind of where we've now we've gotten to this, this problem that is, uh, there's no turning back. Right? Yeah, it's, it's a one I mean, way street. Yeah. And it's like a lot of these schools too. I mean, you hear the the schools about that, that make a lot of money off their athletes, right? I mean, like the Johnny Manziel doc just came out about how A&M profited yeah. a bunch off of his likeness. And like, obviously now there's like the NIL, but I mean, if you sit back and like actually take a look, like, I mean, the big schools, like a&M, Florida, Texas, like OU, Penn State, like a lot of these big schools that I already named, they make money on certain athletic programs, right? Football and basketball, majority. But because of the way that the colleges are structured with Title IX and everything else, like no other sport makes money outside of that. So the football and basketball program now have to make sure that they make enough money um, to 
basically pay for track and field like I did, pay for uh, tennis, pay for golf, pay for some of these other sports um, because nobody's paying money to go yeah. to a track meet. Nobody's paying money to go to, uh, you know, a golf tennis event. I mean, like if they are, God bless them and God bless them for supporting their schools. But like, all right, if you're going to go to uh, like, I don't know, Hamptons, ta- Hampton tennis match, and you're paying ten dollars to get in, like yeah, I don't know, it's ridiculous. Like, that'll never pay off. The, yeah, the I mean, it, it, it's just like it's it's absolutely insane. We got who's this? We got a clown peeking sh- in. Shoo, shoo, shoo. If he wants to come in, <laughs> I guess he can. But um, we'll have to set up another. Oh, he's listening, so he can hear us. If you want to come in, you can come in here, buddy. We are here for forty minutes, so this is great audio. So we got another uh, twenty or so minutes, yeah. maybe longer. Is it done here? Uh, no, I mean. The conversation's no, we're, good. We're, we're talking about started. college, dude. We're talking oh, about college. Did you I go, know a lot about college? You didn't go to college, did you? I did go to college. Oh, you did. Quitter. Oh, you dropped out of college. Right, well, let me get a mic. Yeah. Yeah, you know, figure it out. Yeah, we'll figure it out here. So this is a outstanding audio here. We have Benny Hoddle <laughs> coming in, who I've already had on the podcast, but I guess he got a little bit jealous that uh, yeah, I was exactly. interviewing his good friend Fabio here. Um, but... Uh, you know, he's uh he's got the lettuce. He's he gave me his Bitcoin Bay hat too, so I'm rocking that today. I might burn it afterwards because Wes has been chirping me in the comments. But on camera. Um oh uh Gabe Gabe told me to do it live and to uh to to burn it to burn this uh, Bitcoin Bay hat live. I might, I don't know. But um, you That's know Bay Wallet. Yeah, yeah. Bay wallet and all that kind of stuff too. But yeah. Uh it is not. No, you guys you gotta so, it up there. Yeah. All right. But um, yeah, back to the college thing. So, you know, I mean, it, it's in reality, what we're talking about here, Ben, is just like essentially everything that, uh, you know, that that these policies have encouraged, have encouraged people to essentially, you know, make need to make more money. And in order to make more money, you have to be more qualified on paper. And to be more qualified on paper, one of the first things that a new or a new employee needs is a college degree and that's just getting more expensive colleges are just spending more and uh yeah i'll leave it to fabio as i help ben set this up <laughs> um yeah i mean going i guess going back to that that see that's only one problem that we have here in our our whole macro landscape if you will i mean the student debt bubble is a huge bubble um but we also just crossed a trillion dollars of uh, credit card debt for individuals in this country. So that's a whole nother bubble. Um, so, I mean, we're, we're kind of approaching a time where, you know, I don't know who, who coined the phrase, but it's like the everything bubble, which, yeah. you know, is basically just the, the inflation bubble or debt spiral or whatever you want to call it is, uh, it's all kind of coming to a head here, whether, you know, it, it's never going to collapse in on itself. I think ultimately the fiat system will, destroy itself the same way every you know monetary power has and they're just going to inflate themselves away whether that takes 5 10 15 30 years it's kind of hard to tell but you know like we discussed earlier and like you you know you've talked about with Jeff Booth that their only solution is to continue to print because that's the only way the system works yeah 100 percent. you got any thoughts on that ben i mean i'm always down to shit on colleges except <laughs> <laughs> <Set> the gators <laughs> yeah i'm a converted uh gator fan but um uh, just root for the aggies dude if you want to root oh, for a school please. that's never gonna run oh, out of money a... that's that's texas a&m baby i will say Thanks texas a&m has a great bitcoin community uh, yeah they do at 
Bitcoin Plus uh, Plus, met a few of the students and a professor that's there. They get a lot of people out there. Uh, well, they're, they're big into the mining. Yeah, they have yeah. a mining course, right? Yeah, they yeah. Have a, yeah, yeah, the Texas. Yeah, can you you can heat your your home water heater. So I was actually wondering that. Um, <laughs> like, I'm trying I, to do I, that. I've, I've been I'm trying I've been to do seeing this. stuff like these miners. Uh, here's my thought process. Okay, so like these miners run hot, right? <laughs> <laughs> and like. You know, you heat your pool, and they both use energy. Like, is that possible? Fire, fire it out in the comments. Yeah, uh, if yeah, that's possible. Yeah, air it out uh, in the comments. I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to get somebody to come in. Uh, you know, I've had Wes, who's been in the Wes in the chat, um, saying that he will come in and replace a water heater uh, with the Bitcoin miner, which I already have, and he hasn't uh, shown up and done it. So, mm -hmm. I mean. You know, strike one, and he's probably using that uh, the funds that we won from the um, what was it the Bitcoin, big, Bitcoin 2023 Bitcoin games. He, he used it to fund the French militia, from what yeah. I hear. So <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, he took a nice trip to Europe. Yeah, I know. It's yeah. absolutely well, he got ridiculous. called to action. So yeah, he, he had to go That's up true. there. Absolutely um, ridiculous, but. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I don't know. There's a lot of different things going on. I mean, that there it is kind of encouraging that some colleges are looking into Bitcoin. But like, I also think, you know, there's also, you know, colleges looking into the, the crypto stuff. And I don't think that there's enough like education around that stuff. So that yeah, can we can we shift from colleges? Yeah, let's They're go. They're only what good for football and their final four. Thanks and gig them. <laughs> A&M's going to be on. I don't Greg know. This is, is a make or break year. You're an Aggie? Yeah, I went there for grad school. Okay. You don't want to not bullish on uh memphis no i went i went to university of memphis as well i mean i was a division one athlete you can go ahead and search me on the google machine brandon keys memphis and just check my stats yeah, there just, and, just google stacks yeah stacks. <laughs> yeah. that was a great nickname dude stacks was a <clears throat> phenomenal you know how you get a good nickname you just start talking about yourself in the third person. Just say, yo, yeah. Stax wants to get fucked up tonight. Or Stax is getting I, after it. I will say that. I did that with Benny Blader. I know, right? You yeah, just kind of start saying it. Yeah. 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 That's how you get a good nickname. But um, yeah. All right. What did you want to transition to here, Fabio? Lead the conversation since you're the so-called talent of this group. Oh, here we go. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I guess... Clown. <laughs> yeah, I guess we could kind of. I mean, where do you want to go? You want to go backwards, but uh, yeah, know, try to how to fix. You know, because there's there's a lot of interesting kind of what we were saying earlier, right? These people that work for cash, uh, they do the hard labor, the blue blue collar workers in America, the backbone of of this entire country. Um, you know, if for whatever reason it does, you know, they have they're gonna have the hardest trouble, you know, transitioning into this digital world. Um, but I do think Bitcoin can, can play a very special role in that, right? I mean, especially with Lightning, if you're if if they're getting paid daily or even hourly for their work, that that's a whole different type of you know uh, incentive structure for hard labor, um, it, you know, and it's it, it's going to keep some of these workers that you know they clock in at at seven and they leave at five, but you know, I drive through my job sites. Th those those guys take fucking three lunches every time the taco truck drives by. They buy a taco and they eat it in the shade. I'm like, Damn, what? No, no, no nothing's getting done here. Can my man? But, can my man eat or what? <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude. I, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I don't get three lunches. But no, I mean, I'm just saying, like, it, it, it is an interesting setup, and I do think, uh, you know, we're gonna we're gonna enter into this, you know, weird world here where Lightning's really gonna ramp up. It's it's already starting now with the applications into you know the real world and, and solving many of these these problems in fiat. Um, 
And I don't know. It's it, it's hard to say, you know, how long this transition is going to be. But um, you know, obviously, I hope it's it's quick and fast because that that's the easiest for everybody. But unfortunately, I, I, don't, think, I don't think I think it's the exact be a... opposite, dude. No, I think I, I think quick and fast is the most painful for everybody. I, I think, don't think like, so. I think like if it's quick and fast, dude, that it's going to be the same kind of thing, right? I mean, you see, like when these big macro and economic events happen right? A recession, the rich get richer, the poor get poorer because assets inflate, right? So if it's a big, if it's a big transition right away, the blue collar guy has no Bitcoin right now as it stands. So it's going to be the same exact thing where, all right, I'm gonna have to pay Ben or I'm gonna have to pay Fabio or Brandon or go to these Bitcoin ATMs, which have big margins and go buy Bitcoin off of there <laughs> in order to, you know, go transition to this Bitcoin standard. The best case scenario, I think, for everybody involved is a very slow transition where the rich guys don't even realize that it's happening. And the little guys can kind of come in like the plebs are doing right now and scoop up sats for a little bit cheaper. And then over time, you know, that lets them catch up. And that's kind of their life raft. And I think like, you know, if it's a big bloody transition, that's when, you know, the, the little guy always gets fucked. I'll also say we cannot support a big transition from the development side. Like if right. we were to get everybody, we, we cannot do that. Maybe if we had, I mean, yeah, not I right mean, now, but maybe on like chain, five, 10 there's years. There's nothing maybe, wrong with on chain. Um, no, just as far as like throughput of transactions, we would not be able to support that even on chain. Yeah. Especially on chain. Interesting. I, I, I mean, I the mean, fee market a, would go crazy, but isn't that part of the game? Well, yeah, yeah, of course. But, you know, you pay someone, let's say, you know, the, the fee rates are going up, you know, I don't know, 10 sats of V-byte, you know, every block or so, something crazy where it, you propose a transaction and then it just gets stuck in the mempool and then purged. Like you're just sitting there. It, it, it can't, yeah. it can't scale. It needs like solutions like, Arkansas. yeah, not, and not, not to take it to like a development thing, but it, no, but I mean, that plays an aspect, <laughs> that, 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 right? That's a huge aspect. Oh, oh yeah. It's, yeah, it's huge. And, um, yeah, like the development for Bitcoin scaling is like right. Really I just think stagnant. in a slow transition, I I think the the little guys that realize it and stack hard, they'll they'll be rewarded for that you know that knowledge early on. But unfortunately, there's people in the old regime that are sitting on tons of assets that are just going to inflate year over year over year, and all they have to do is sell one of those assets, and they can outstack everybody in this room overnight yeah no, tenfold 100 you know I mean? like, because I mean, the price is still down if it's if it's a quick transition then you know people it, it's a frantic you know buying opportunity or even better yet all the all the bitcoin that's even in circulation which is only like 1.8 or 2 mil right now in in exchanges if that gets all bought up that's even better because then the only way to get bitcoin is through goods and services Right. And then you're in they're yeah, actually in this like sustainable economy where rich people can't just stack it all. You know, they're gonna have to actually supply some sort of value to human society that people are willing to pay Bitcoin for. Or they just have houses and make you pay rent in Bitcoin. That too. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like, I, I think like you know, that there's kind of like an interesting, I don't know, game theory with all of it, right? I mean, I think that there's it's not gonna be a, a straight line transition. It's not going to happen where it's going to be like, all right, dollar. Then the next day we go to Bitcoin. There's going to yeah. be something in the middle here that happens, whether that's 
CBDC and then people try to use Bitcoin to kind of get around that. We've kind of gone through that already. Or it's, you know, some sort of Bitcoin or hard asset backed currency. And then we kind of move to Bitcoin. I don't know. I think that's like all like going to play out some way, shape or form. But I think like in reality, like I think, you know, the acceleration of Bitcoin adoption would not be good. Like, I mean, there's a there's a group of guys in Canada. They're the, the accelerationists is what they call them. But they essentially like their theory is like, you know, I, I had them sit down and tell me this when I was in Canada for the Toronto or the Canadian Bitcoin conference. Essentially, they're like, look at like, look at Bruce Wayne and the Joker in like the Dark Knight. So they both realize that Gotham is fucked, essentially, and they go about it two different ways. They go, the Joker goes about it like, all right, it's already screwed. Let's just burn it to the ground so we can rebuild it. Doesn't matter about money where, you know, Batman is essentially trying to salvage what's already left and trying to fix that up that way. And that's who's deemed the hero in today's society. But I mean, if you kind of like sit back and look at it, right? I mean, with like everything going on with like the COVID, the shutdowns, like shoving all these narratives in our face these days, like that's just essentially accelerating people, like having more distrust for media, more distrust for government, all that kind of stuff. Which the distrust could, for media is warranted. Why? I mean, not, I mean, <laughs> except for independent journos like me. Especially over here, Green Cattle. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you guys suppress me enough. I mean, Jesus Christ, dude. I can't even go to my own local meetup and ask questions. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I don't Wait, I don't so uh, yeah. that was, uh, that's, not me. that's not me. In I the, support uh, Big J journalism. Me too. In the, uh, especially podcasting. Um, in that scenario, they are the accelerationists like the Joker. Is that yeah, what you're I mean they're, they're saying they're, just burn it to the ground. Yeah, I mean because like I mean, I, well while I was in Canada, dude, like you can see like I could see their point a little bit more than we're here in Florida. Like we're honestly like very blessed to be down here. Because, Best city on earth, Tampa Bay. Yeah, I mean because like uh, in Canada, like I was there during Pride Month, which is when the you know I mean, and I have no problem with whatever you want to do, but it's you know essentially it was like a Canadian flag and then two of the you know LGB whatever like the million other letters flags like right next to it. And, you know, it's, it's like all about like the inclusivity, like, you know, all this and that positive and, and everything like that. But if you like walk around anywhere, there's a bunch of homeless people, you know, there's like, they're spending money on like painting the streets, rainbow colors and all this kind of stuff. But there's things that could be like, I mean, that they could have spent more money on to, you know, essentially raise those people up. I mean, the drug use in Toronto, I mean, Toronto is a very safe city, but like the drug use is pretty bad. The, the homelessness is not great. Um, you know, it is very clean in a sense, like the streets and stuff are clean, but I mean, in reality, like, like there's a lot of potential for these like bigger cities and like, you can go one way that's very positive and you can go another way that's, that's pretty negative. I mean, like, you know, I grew up in Austin, Texas, the Austin, Texas that I grew up in is not the Austin, Texas that it is now. And it's cause they've changed a lot of policies downtown, right? I mean, you go downtown, you can go, they changed one policy that like absolutely killed the downtown where they essentially allowed homeless people to sleep wherever the hell they want. And so you can go to a very, very nice steak dinner, pay like, you know, $150, $200 a plate. And then you walk outside and some dudes like jacked up on heroin, like almost dying. They're on the aggressive sidewalk. there yeah. too. Yeah, they are. I mean, <laughs> the last, homeless are so aggressive there. Last time I was there, I saw two homeless people <laughs> swinging, <laughs> swinging lime yeah. scooters at each other. Like oh. literally just like fucking getting after it. It was just yeah, like, it's, like right outside the Bitcoin comments, like seeing like, 
hobo fights yeah <laughs> it's it's ridiculous i'm a i'm an austin disrespecter of the city um <laughs> like it, it always have people. a space in my heart because i yeah, grew up there sure. but it's, it's definitely awesome changed. it's a really cool city but i mean it's like it's the policies right i mean it's like that's yeah. that's like yeah it's like it, you see the policies kind of take a city like i mean i grew up there and it was great people were, it was like the fastest growing city in america for a decade plus like people were just flocking mm -hmm. to austin flocking to austin and then you know they get enough people in there and they they you know aren't able to keep up and then yeah. they t they turn policies one way that aren't beneficial for the you know city long term it just kind of helps it short term and it makes people feel good and you know that's where shit hits the fan and so that's what i'm worried about like when it comes to a lot of these big major cities i mean like tampa is yeah. a great example when is right? that going to happen to tampa yeah like, i mean it's, it's, it's gonna come yeah it's one of the fastest could. growing cities now like what yeah. i tell people is that i view tampa now as austin 10 years ago where there's still a lot of growth to be had there's still a lot of like local stuff um but like which direction is it going to go mm -hmm. i mean yeah. like we really don't even know and it's out of our hands essentially right i mean like we can kind of vote you know, we should just like, vote for Grady Judd to take over. I don't even. I don't. Is, mean, that, the, is, that, is that the local? Like, is that the cop? Yeah, he was the. <laughs> yeah. uh, he was the sheriff of. Uh, I think it was like Lee County or. Uh, yeah, I think it was Lee County or, or one of the counties nearby. Uh, and he was just notorious for treating criminals like criminals. Oh yeah, <laughs> there was one press conference where they, they had him up there, and they were like, "Hey, uh, they're like, what this this man? I forget what he did. He like either he like." You know stole a car was like you know he killed somebody it was like a shoot off pretty much and they asked him they were like you shot him eight you know six times like why did you why did you shoot him six times and he goes because we ran out of bullets <laughs> <laughs> jesus christ but their crime rate was low man yeah. they, they, you know that's part of the yeah i'm not i'm not like advocating for that but at the same time there's there has to be some sort of like civil disobedience or not disobedience civil obedience living in a, a society right you can't yeah. just have you know people that have no rules and no you know uh, no human dignity to just roam the streets and kind of cause havoc right yeah. because it, to your example you know that it it polarizes things worse and worse right you go pay for a 250 dollars steak dinner and then right outside somebody's doing you know hair homeless guys doing heroin on the side it's like there is no middle class and we're seeing that over and over and over again with these debt cycles and with these you know these uh liquidity events that it's just you're either getting pushed to the to the you know right side or you know the the you know uh elites if you will or you're getting poorer and poorer and it's like that those that polarizing effect in society is just not good nothing nothing good comes out of that yeah and the gap's just widening every right. single time right i mean it's not gonna it's not gonna slow down and i mean like whether we have a recession you know next year or the year after like i mean we all kind of see the writing of the wall here with like what's gonna happen i want to talk about that too. all right all right let's hear it then all right so do you want me to start listing off some of the cracks i see under the surface or how do you want yeah, to go? Right. yeah right. go for it go for it so well we already kind of talked about it a little bit student loan debt right yeah the repayments haven't hit we've kind of alluded to it they're probably not going to open that up until next year maybe they will i don't know but i kind of doubt it right credit card debt at an all-time high personal savings at an extreme low if not an all-time low uh but employment is kind of hanging tough i don't is really it? know if i believe that data it's so a, it's a cpi equation again yeah i mean like so <laughs> employment's is, up because people have two jobs now <laughs> well i mean this is this is the problem with a lot of things though is that the data that we use now, it's like, especially for employment, it's survey based. 
So they send a survey to, you know, our employers and they're like, hey, are Brandon, Ben and Fabio working? They'll say yes or they don't even reply. And if they don't reply, they use ADP to track like how many employees, like, you know, if you guys use ADP for whatever your system is, um, like the payroll system, they have that. They ask them like how many employees does this company have? And I mean, you can like Google it now, like you can Google Apple, uh, like how many employees does Apple have? And it'll always give you a round number, like estimated X amount, right. you know, I don't know. Let's, let's, let's Google it now as like a thought experiment, right? Right now we're here. Um, but like all this stuff, it's all kind of an estimation. Um, and, uh, you know, yeah, so here we go. Apple's total number of employees in 2020 was 164,000. Like, do you really think that they had exactly on the dot 164,000 and they didn't be like, all right, maybe it's 164,001 or two or 163 and 50 or yeah. something, you know, like the difference it's all assuming steve and jobs I, was a perfectionist maybe they do yeah but he's dead now <laughs> oh, no. he's in argentina or tim apple now yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. but i did see what's actually really funny was i believe it was the employment numbers you can try to look for it on google or twitter but um so when they release those numbers right they release them monthly they have 30 days to uh like reconcile the data and make sure that it's accurate and like for recording purposes and this in since I think the middle of last year, at least like the last 12 to 18 months, every single time they've released it, by the end of the month, they put in an error correction and they lower it by like 10 or 15%. Yeah. <clears throat> and it's just, it's just shell games, right? It's they, all a shell game, dude. Everything's a fucking shell yeah, corporation, you, you like can, Bitcoin Bay, big shell corporation. <laughs> like. <laughs> you can, like, yeah, you, you can, you can manipulate data and strangle it until it gives you the answer you want. Right. That, oh, that's, that's the, the interesting thing about, statistics and whatnot right you can you can make it any type of chart oh you, know, and you can sing. make it yeah you can make anything say what exactly what you want to say like i mean when mitch trubisky was having a good year i was fucking just <laughs> making all these like random stats about how he's a better quarterback than dak prescott so <laughs> i mean that's what that was what i spent a lot of my time doing so <laughs> you, probably, you were probably able to convince me yeah, i Bobby convinced was myself with uh, kenny pickett today oh, yeah. with me yep. over johnny Manziel. oh my god, <laughs> oh, my god. I, you, you're gonna eat your words like, Johnny Manziel I, had zero hours of film watch, though, yeah, dude. Yeah, Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett's going to have a great year. Don't worry but, about it. No, but see, that's so what? We went through three cracks. What else? Yeah, so three cracks. So, yeah, I unemployment. Mean, it's or, Okay, so I did. Uh, let's rewind here. I did uh, credit card debt, personal savings, um, student loan debt not being open, employment being kind of okay. The Fed's going to continue to raise interest rates, right? I mean, yeah. there, there's right now their their prediction should. of the hike is not going to be, or the the pivot is not going to be until spring of next year. That's like uh, what the Fed's funds rate says right now, um, which obviously, you know, in turn higher for longer. It's supposed to make money like a little bit, you know, harder to come by that kind of stuff, which should lead to more unemployment. I don't know, but obviously that that's an aspect of things. Inflation, it's sticky. You know, all these like everybody who says that inflation is going to come down is just like a like it it never comes down, right? I mean, like if no, you go get no. your oil change at Jiffy Lube and it's sixty dollars and it goes to eighty, 
Jiffy Lube is not going to be like, oh, well, hey, you know, inflation's down. So that $80 that everybody got used to paying is now 60 again. Yeah. They're not going to go down to that. You know, they got to pay their their people more because they have to have more expenses because gas is still hot. I paid $3.99 a gallon of gas here just recently. Like, are you fucking nuts? Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's yeah. that. And then, you know, groceries are still expensive, right? I mean, that there's the there's a laundry list of things that like potentially have the ability and commercial real estate that's another huge aspect of yeah. things too is like the banks have lent on a lot of buildings in big major cities chicago san francisco new york la all these big cities where they had a lot of corporate offices people moved away and then you know the remote work is was here to stay kind of thing and uh these companies are not utilizing these spaces well how corporate or commercial real estate is valued is essentially based off the rent and if it's 20 percent occupied that um you know the value goes from you know a 70 percent filled evaluation to now a 20 percent so think that that valuation of those buildings are cut in half banks were lent on that a lot of regional banks are getting crushed because of things like this lending to companies that you know potentially uh you know, had some sort of risk where, you know, making some sort of crypto token based off like vegan cat food for kids or something. <laughs> and uh, then, um, you know, lending to commercial real estate, which is now empty. So that's like six or seven different things that, you know, potentially could, uh, you know, they don't, they don't look into peaches and daisies. No, here, but that, so. might, that might be a reason why employment's staying stable, right? Because it if you have a huge lease on a building and you say, you know, we're, we're moving out, we're doing remote work that gives you a little bit of a piggy bank to, you know, keep, keep payroll, you know, keep paying payroll for a couple more months. But you know, that, that eventually is going to run out too. I mean, I think a lot of these companies similar to the way, you know, our politicians and our, 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 uh, you know, federal reserve, they like to kick the can down the road. I think we, you know, companies do the same thing, but you know, almost in reverse, right. They're, they're, they're just trying to, you know, kick the problem that they have, you know, this impending problem of a, you know, our margins are lower our you know, our production is lower, you know, we can't afford the office. All right. Well now we, we, we saved up for another, you know, four months of payroll. Oh, well, okay, now, you know, we can't afford these, you know, this division or this four employees, we're just going to hire, you know, an agency to, to manage our, our sales now. So we're going to cut out sales. And then, you know, they just slowly kick the can down the road. But eventually, you know, it's it strong will survive, right? I yeah. guess that I don't know if, if, you know, every company will survive. But, um, you know, it's one of those things that we'll see. I mean, right now, like we talked about with the S&P 500, with those five companies kind of leading the charge everybody else is flat you know that that's a lot of you know wiley coyote hanging over the ledge right there you know at what point are is it going to start to fall or you know but who knows because a lot of those big companies are the reason they're kicking ass is because of their massive government contracts like yeah. facebook and amazon their their stocks are crushing this year because they have huge government contracts that they signed you know years ago that they're now making profit on and you know what that's that's like marxism <laughs> where like our government is is keeping these companies afloat by you know direct spending into them it's it, it's a it's a mess right <laughs> what was it what's it's that? a mess uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, what, yeah. that movie yeah. uh, uh, what is um, it he's like that uh, was, 
the guy from the Zach Galifianakis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, uh, what, what is in that movie? Is he's it, like some running for some yeah, like government for, yeah, thing in like, Will Ferrell, yeah, I think in like North Carolina. Yeah, that was his whole tag, like, tag. It's a mess. It's and a he mess. just brings a broom. <laughs> the campaign. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's no, like not camp. The it campaign. campaign. I don't think so. I thought that was with Kim Jong Un. Yeah, I think that's that one. No, that's the interview. Oh, okay, mm. yeah. Then yeah, campaign problem. I was thinking of the uh, there's a video that I think it was like a newscast. Uh, it was like after a hurricane or something, and some lady goes on. And she goes, yeah. "And bring your broom, cause it's a mess." <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, you're right. It is a campaign. I just like that. But yeah, I mean, it's not all black clouds, right? I mean, I kind of smile at the hopes of a recession because it's a huge buying opportunity, right? Because they, they're, in my opinion, they're not going to have a prolonged recession. If they start to have one, they're just going to turn the money printers back on. And then at that point, you know, now if you pay attention, you you can kind of follow these capital cycles to where, you know, if if they were to pivot next week and say, oh, we're going to start printing again, I don't know, I'd probably end up go looking at houses to buy because I know they're going to jack up in price over the next two years. And yeah, but like it, you look at that, you have the financial ability to maybe do that. But do you think like majority of Americans yeah, of do? I mean, like we just went over like these these cracks, dude. I mean, like you're in credit card debt. Well, that's like, what, that thing's going up. Like, all right, you're in a thousand dollars worth of credit card debt. That that shit's going up twenty percent every month. Twenty yeah. percent, at yeah. least, at least, and that's if you have good it's credit, nuts. which majority of people in credit card debt don't have good credit. So they probably have thirty yeah. percent. You know, I mean, it's like, you know, I, it just the ability to get money is just like it's it's so easy. Like, there a bank's fucking just throwing money at you. You yeah. know, I mean, I don't know, Ben. What do you think about all this stuff, dude? I see you looking around over there. Ah. Uh, i'm a fiat simpleton really yeah uh, i just build bitcoin software well that's what i was gonna do i was gonna stuff. try to bring it back into bitcoin i mean yeah to your point you know uh, whether you know i'm financially savvy whatever it doesn't matter i am am not who knows at least i know about bitcoin but that's part of the adoption challenges that i think we have at least in this country and even globally where it's like hey why don't you own bitcoin they're like motherfucker i barely pay my like bills yeah <laughs> like, I, know. I get paid every two weeks and it's out the door like immediately so it's, you know where do you fit saving for bitcoin into that equation and for millions of americans and you know billions of people globally that's the savings doesn't even exist like they're they're trying to figure out how to pay bills not that's, let alone save so it's like that's you being batman and not joker yeah right and i think i'm <laughs> i'm the joker <laughs> to your batman uh yeah. Like it's, uh, I think it's interesting, like now, like RFK, you know, see, you know, t talk is cheap, but um, talking about, I think he said like 1% of dollars being backed by Bitcoin. Um, that's a start. That's a, that's <laughs> a start. Like in my, again, fiat simpleton brain, um, like that's the only thing, like that's the only thing I can see. I mean, and I think, you know, you guys and, and your listeners would agree with, um, but like the only I can look at all these charts and stuff like that, and it's just like, all right, it doesn't matter. It still, still comes to the same conclusion in my head. Like, yeah, I don't. Uh, Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah. I just well, continue right. to stay humble. We, we do have we do have Gabe in the chat who asked. Uh, so shout out to Gabe. Uh, he asked, "What is the what is the most bearish scenario for Bitcoin?" So, uh, yeah, let's do it for Bitcoin. Like for I mean, we kind of just went over the bear scenario. I just lined it out for the entire economy, right? I mean, I just li listed out like the seven <laughs> yeah. fucking cracks that we got underneath. But like, what do you see as a bearish <clears throat> scenario for Bitcoin? I'll leave it to you guys first, um, and then I'll, and I'll I'll back I clean get, up here. You want some time? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I got, I got some. Um, okay. Yeah, I got. Um, 
most bearish scenario for Bitcoin right now, um, BlackRock ETF um, in the definition or whatever that they applied for um, allows them to choose the uh, best chain. Um, so let's say in a world where we had the BlackRock ETF and we had, you know, like Black Size War is going to be cash. Um, BlackRock decides what Bitcoin is in that ETF and it's BlackRock. They're going to have a lot of it. Um, so let's say one day, oh, Bitcoin go to proof of stake. BlackRock agrees. Oh, they just like every other company in the world, they have a large stake in, uh, Bitcoin's the proof of stake chain. That's the real Bitcoin. Um, I can see it like a way of suppressing, um, psyoping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's we, just, I mean, we, it, we would have that new chain already. Right. I mean, cause when it forks, we, we are, have the equivalent in the, yeah, we get the fork. airdrop, <laughs> right. so, uh, but it is yeah, under the definition term. of what BlackRock thinks Bitcoin is, right. um, it, that, it, you know, that's kind of weird. Who knows? I, I think. The government's not going to have them redefine what that means. Um, no. You know, do network participants do network participants maybe win that one out? Uh, but like when you have, but when you have board. a player with as much capital as BlackRock, um, where they're going to be bringing in large institutional buyers and stuff like that, and where they're holding custody, they're gonna they're gonna choose what they want. I mean, these are the guys behind ESG. Um, yeah. and, and this stuff. So, you know, I, I don't know if the change the code, I, I forget who's behind that, but that, that that's a scary scenario. Um, and then also just like pushing Bitcoin to the edge of a cliff, like slowly KYC, uh, tax it, make it illegal. Um, like the stuff with the app store, like taking that stuff off, like stuff, slowly pushing it to the edge where just like, it's too much of a headache to even try right. to use it where the only way you can transact Bitcoin is over a ham radio. I mean, I think that would be just to play devil's advocate. I obviously that's a horrible bear scenario, but I think game theory would start to kind of come into play there where other countries would then, you know, basically say, okay, fuck BlackRock and fuck your new chain. We're going to adopt, you know, the real one. You know, and 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 that and if that that better hope is the Saudis, to, they're the only ones that would have the capital to go against BlackRock. I mean, that's 30, 40 trillion dollars in assets under management. Yeah, I mean that's fair. My, yeah, but I mean let's let's be honest here. Like BlackRock owns everything. Like yeah, if you break oh, yeah. it down, I mean like BlackRock and who's the other big player? I can't even I, Vanguard. Vanguard. Yeah, Vanguard. I, we've been chatting here for a little bit, so it's Spanish by name. But if you like look at they're they're the biggest investors in micro strategy. They're the biggest investors in like a lot of the like all the food companies are the biggest ex Yeah, they own eighty percent of the S P five hundred. Yeah. They're the majority shareholder of eighty percent. Eighty fucking percent. And like that's, all right. That's so crazy. That's called <laughs> Marxism. Yeah. What that is. Our country has been taken over by Marxism. And, and like nobody realizes it because they, they they live under this illusion that it's a free and open market when in reality it's not. I mean like you know, people say Bitcoin's manipulated. Well, fuck it. The stock market's really manipulated. Real estate investing's manipulated. I mean, like all this stuff is manipulated to the point yeah. where it's, it's, and it's because the dollar is not backed by anything. It's because like, you know, you can, you have the ability to just push a button and print trillions of dollars. And I mean, it's like, you know, it's gotten to the point where it's just, it's like insane. Like we have a small majority of people that have a massive amount of power and they don't like, 
we we can't vote on you know who's the i don't know ceo of blackrock or what decisions they're making because they have all the money and in reality like we we live under this ruse that hey like you know we're in a democracy we live in a free and open country reality we're just like run by fucking blackrock and vanguard and we have been for quite some time so i mean i agree with you ben i think yeah. that's like that's probably the scariest thing is and I, and i mean like i saw on twitter today there they said for that etf it's not a question of if it's a question of when and they think that it's going to get approved within yeah. the next six months i think yeah what was the thing like it got denied kind of quick i mean most of them have been but there was something like they had to include coinbase in they, it they needed some sort of custody clarification on who was going to custody the interesting so they'll have because they get a, in a gold etf you're responsible for buying like if you go buy a pound of gold through an etf yeah through blackrock blackrock has to go actually physically buy a pound yeah, of yeah. gold and hold it somehow. okay so okay. that's where coinbase came in so which is a whole nother problem is it the sec or the i don't know some letter yeah acronym so was it that they asked them to include Coinbase? Not specific. I don't think they did it by name. I don't think, I think they, they just didn't said, name anybody and it was like, all right, let's see what you, you say. A, yeah, you need okay. a custody, you know, clarification here. Okay. And they, I believe, then just went to Coinbase because they're the biggest, you know. Yeah, Coinbase. Yeah. It's either that or Fireblocks. And Fireblocks just had some major vulnerabilities today. Right. Oh, I got to add that, that to BitDesk. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, let's, yeah, just stay on your topic of, you know, if they switch it to proof of stake, I mean, that, I, I think that might work right mm -hmm. so you're saying that they've got a huge you know they're gonna have um you know backing with all their the 80 percent of the s p 500 backing yeah. their you know their chain um but ultimately i don't know in the long term if that plays out right because then that just puts a huge like that puts a huge tar target on their back right like yeah. who who then maintains this stake and who who then you know well, they do. I mean, that's why they, they would, would do it. But yeah, but they would piss off the the hundreds of millions of real Bitcoiners and all those black... hundreds of millions. Uh, I mean, globally, I don't think there's hundreds of millions of Bitcoiners no, globally. Really? Not yet. No. I mean, there's 30 million in America alone. You think there's 10%? 30 million people that own own Bitcoin? Okay, fair. And how is that calculated based off wallets? uh yeah probably just like user data i mean coinbase okay. sells their data <laughs> yeah <all right. laughs> so you can right. you can pick it up from that. but like let, let's be honest here all right like, all right let's be honest here like all right I, you don't have to dox how many wallets you have but i assume like people sitting here you're not just putting all your eggs in one basket and everybody here has has more than one wallet so i mean like that number 30 yeah it, it, it's hard to uh, yeah i lost um, all mine in a boating accident but i mean you know last think, weekend that beer can island but you know. Shout out. Oh, beer can. <laughs> um hey can i give a uh even more a, a bearish perspective of the most bearish perspective of blackrock yeah, yeah sure. uh, I'll just wait i'll wait okay um I, the interview's here for it's me and ben here um, so. <laughs> yeah i've been hijacked yeah go no ben let's hear it yeah, um yeah. okay so like I'll the first thing was like proof of like okay like the easiest one to pick out is they go to proof of stake um what if they were to okay hey we're going to introduce this new cryptographic scheme instead of schnorr ecdsa like what signatures use we're going to use our own that has a backdoor into it because there's so much bitcoin loss like where we track like we found that like six million bitcoin are lost and we're trying to do this and like we need a way 
maybe in the limits of the 21 million, um, but we needed a way to like recover these. So we're going to add a back door that we have access to um, and that they could then take people's Bitcoin and stuff like that. And like, that's their chain. And like, that's like a form of CBDC where they can like backdoor into your wallets yeah. and stuff like that. Like there's a lot of, or, you know, just increasing the limit, faster block times, like whatever, like whatever they want to do, BlackRock's the one that decides that. Um, but there, there could be like some scary stuff. Uh, like, yeah, I agree. But then I think at that point it's, they're just making their own crypto token, right? Because on the 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 chain that they forked from still it's is going to have. They are, them, but right? well, no, the chain how they that define they it. From, the real Bitcoin would still be the problem. Twenty one million capped. They, there is no. You they, cannot change that. Game theory cannot. There is no type of game theory that changes that. In in their filing, they specifically say they define what Bitcoin is. Okay, but they don't. We the people do. When you have the whole reason of it. When I'm talking, when you have like people buying, like when people go to buy Bitcoin, they're gonna go to BlackRock first. Okay. They're gonna buy that ETF. They decide what that is. They don't have to though. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, they don't have to. But do you? Think of course they, they don't. Yeah, I mean, but like, do you have but full still... faith in the average normie's ability to be like, okay, I don't trust nope. BlackRock? No, but that doesn't matter because there's still the the game theory of fixed asset. The only fixed asset in the universe will over a long enough time horizon will outperform. Out it will out it will beat that because they're that owning something that nobody else can reproduce is like that's the magic. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I agree. I, with I, you. No, I agree. It would be very scary and it could probably take decades to play out where like I, they would dominate, but if as long as blocks were still hitting every 10 minutes on Bitcoin's blockchain, I think ultimately Bitcoin would play out. But you're not wrong. I think they capture miners. Yeah, the miners move over. You're gonna mine this chain, hash rate goes down, price plummets, it's easy, like it's easily taken over. Uh like there I I don't think you're giving enough credit to BlackRock. Mm, but I think you Black might be giving fucking too rules much everything. Credit. We just, yeah. we just, we just went over it, dude. They control your food. They control what you yeah, put into your body. They've got everything. They want they, your money now. They don't have, no, they, they don't have the grit. They don't have the grit. You don't think Black they can Rock. get in the trenches, bro? No, they can't. Fuck BlackRock. All right, they're if, in their if, ivory if, tower. If Black Rock, get Larry Fink in the chat. If, um, if BlackRock was a football player, who would you think they would be? A punter. No, 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 absolutely not. <laughs> That's what it no. sounds like, dude. You don't no, think they can get the Black Rock's a towel guy. Yeah, Black Rock was the water no. boy. Just no, they're a star quarterback, but they'll they'll never win the big game. Oh, uh, yeah. What, Kirk Cousins? Uh, they're better than Kirk Cousins. Uh, all right. <laughs> they're better than Kirk Cousins. Then who's yeah. All right. Then I don't who's... know. They're like, they're, they're Josh Allen right now. If Josh Allen never wins a Ooh. Super Bowl. So they're... now if Josh Allen wins a Super Bowl, <laughs> Fabio is saying Black Rock will in turn rule bitcoin no that's what he just said i, mean, I heard you guys all heard it bill's yeah. bill's super bowl yeah <laughs> yeah we're gonna have like freezing cold takes clip that somebody clip that yeah. for me. all right no. fabio you've been waiting patiently let's hear your bear i mean ours is it, it, just kidding i'm gonna go right be, now it has to be etf related but um it's similar in the same way but they they create a way to basically do what ftx did which is you know, create these, you know, not actually buy the asset. Paper Bitcoin. Right. Then they just paper over Bitcoin and then every, every other ETF papers over it. And that's what it is because BlackRock's not the only ETF, right? 
There's going to be other competitors. Oh, yeah, of course. There's going to be like seven right. or so eight. So unless yeah. they all follow BlackRock's lead, for your example, then you know people would just say, well, I don't want to buy whatever shit coin BlackRock's creating. I'm going to go buy it from Vanguard or from Wells Fargo or fucking from whoever, right? You know, that there is still that free market element. All right, I got a question out of that. Do you think that the all-time high from last cycle was suppressed because of the paper Bitcoin that was being sold by FTX? Yeah, Celsius? It was math. They sold. They doubled the. They doubled the amount of Bitcoin that was mined in 2022 alone just by the paper Bitcoin that they sold. What do you think the all-time high price would have been outside of sixty-nine thousand <clears throat> if it wasn't suppressed by paper Bitcoin? I guess double. <laughs> Probably like one hundred twenty. Well, now that's like 140, right? Because like 70,000. Oh, yeah. I guess I had 60 in my head. But yeah, I think it probably would have been over 100 at least because it would have started. Well, I mean, once you hit that, like that escape that, velocity. <laughs> yeah. But once you hit that 100K, I think like that's when people start to get in a little bit more just because of. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. If it goes to 100, then what? Then it doesn't yeah. it skyrocket to 200. There's a dollar. Then it's 10. Yeah, flight. <laughs> Afternoon delight. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. But no, I mean, it was math. I remember, I don't know if it was Foss or somebody um, kind of ran those numbers. It was like, hey, based on what they said on their books that they sold, that they didn't, they that amount of quantity basically doubled the mining output for the entire year. Yeah, I wouldn't do, I wouldn't doubt that. Which is I wouldn't kind doubt of nuts. that at all. So that that's, I guess, my bearish, Gabe, if you're still listening, that, <laughs> yeah. that my bearish sentiment in terms of price is if every ETF just papers over it and then they kind of decide when. I think that's when, just like a short-term like kind of bearish thing, not. though, because like the paper Bitcoin stuff, like it gets found out eventually, right? I mean, there's enough things on chain. There's enough like chain, chain analysis, chain analytics, like all that stuff where people would be able to tell that, I think, over time. Yeah, I mean, hopefully these ETFs are going to be required to not only, you know, because in their public filings, they're going to have to say how much Bitcoin that they're holding. But hopefully that yeah. that is stapled to a piece of paper that says, hey, these are our, the wallet addresses that are actually holding them. And because the if they don't do too, that, then who, yeah. it's all just trust again. It's just a trust system. Yeah, and it's like, well, we're also trusting the SEC to be able to they don't know shit. ask those questions, <laughs> which, you know. I, I don't know. Yeah, they got shit pointers in their ears trying to yeah. tell them. I mean, like Gensler, I don't know, man. I feel like Gensler, he knows Bitcoin. And oh, like yeah. he knows, but like everybody else in there doesn't. And he's like not like, I don't know. I feel like he's like been sitting on his hands too much. So he doesn't really know what the fuck to do. But I don't know, man. I it, we'll, we'll see how how that all asks, uh, yeah. all that out. Ugh, how that all plays out. I mean, they probably, whether it's, I don't know what his job description is, but I can almost guarantee he can't just go behind a microphone and, and be pro Bitcoin. Yeah. That's probably definitely against his, you know, abilities as a, you know, regulator. So whether he wants to or not, you know, I mean the old with him teaching at what was it, Harvard or MIT? I mean, he was teaching MIT. Bitcoin correctly in those years, you know, before he was the SEC chair. But yeah. um, you know, I think now he can't just openly go promote it. Because if he did that, it'd be, a, you know, it'd be a, a, a panic to the <laughs> to the over the you know over the counter purchases. Everybody would start going, oh wait, what the fuck? Yeah. We need to own some Bitcoin. But that's, I guess, you got bearish because I'm 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 thinking bullish. 
All right. Well, <laughs> I, I, I mean, my bearish scenario is just kind of like Ben's already kind of outlined it a little bit in his scenario, but I think like just like the choke point 2.0 that they've already been kind of saying, like just killing the on ramps, like all these companies. I mean, like in reality, it's very difficult in the United States now to get like non KYC Bitcoin. I mean, you have to like kind of go out of your way. Um, I had Hetty walk on who has like a great, like, you know, walkthrough of how he does it with like a Bitcoin ATM. But like, I mean, you know, he, the way he does it is he gets like a burner phone. He goes, pays cash for it. He makes a fake burner email for this one time. Then you go out, like you spend a lot of money and then you buy, uh, you know, Bitcoin at a margin on a Bitcoin ATM in order to do that. Yeah. And like how many normies are actually going to want to do that? Johnny right? Manziel said it. Yeah. Zero. Yeah. <laughs> I know, man. Zero. But hey, Johnny, Johnny probably could have got his grandfather to launder some Bitcoin for him. So maybe we just all hit up Johnny's uh, grandfather. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yo, what up, Papa Manzella, yeah, dude? Yeah. Hey, come launder some money for me. My grandpa's a G. Yeah, dude. That's sick. Yeah. Okay. We missed a big one. Uh Satoshi's coins moving. Uh I don't that, really think that, that that's bearish though. Oh yeah. I think I don't think that's bearish. Oh yeah, that's big time bearish. I don't think that's bearish. No, I mean that but then that's like okay, that's like big saying time. okay, everybody like I don't know, however many wallets that now have over one bitcoin, they all sell off after we hit 100k or something. You I know, mean, it's I guess like what what makes that bearish? It destroys the narrative. What narrative? Of bitcoin. Yeah. The anonymous founder that they're gone. I mean, how okay, much of conversation what? is like like Satoshi Created Bitcoin, then left it, you know, to disappear. Um, that think, like I, those okay, a million, that, those doesn't million doesn't Bitcoin. That contradict your whole like BlackRock creating the the new Bitcoin. If everybody knows that the creator is BlackRock, why would they go buy BlackRock's Bitcoin? No, I'm talking about the Bitcoin. I'm narrative. aware. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm saying, but yeah. that, that's why it's not bearish because it's you, very bearish. You can't be you can't be on both sides of that. You're, you're, I, um, you're, I don't, I'm not no, following so, you, Fabio. I don't yeah. know where you're going. So, with this. If, yeah. if you're saying Satoshi's coins move yep. and it ruins the narrative, correct? The narrative being that the founder is anonymous and nobody knows who it is. A yeah, benevolent and that's, and that's founder. That, and that's bearish correct. for Bitcoin. Correct. So, why would it be bullish for BlackRock's new Bitcoin if everybody knows that they're the founder? No, that's not what I'm saying. Like BlackRock yeah. just creating their own. Like yeah. that's whatever they decide what big, they can do, whatever consensus changes right, that they, they decide what the chain is. I'm talking about if Satoshi's coins were to move, that means that those million Bitcoin are back in the market. Cool. Awesome. I'll buy them up. Yeah, but do you think no, like, no, I, 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 no, I, I think it like severely impacts the narrative of Bitcoin. I don't think it, in all seriousness, though, well. like I don't see how that could ever be a scenario, right? If I had a hundred fucking Bitcoin right now, it's like worth over like billions of dollars. Look, I'm sorry. I'm fucking selling some of that. hundred, dude. He has like millions. Yeah, no, I'm saying <laughs> yeah. like. But yeah, yeah no, no, I get what But I'm it, saying like, I, I, I'm saying I, like, I, like yeah, it's billions of dollars. Like, it's I, just like, it, uh, to yeah. me, there's like that scenario just like, I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's unrealistic. They, they, went went from, they went from nothing to yeah, it's just like a, of a shadowy super coder. He and, like, and he could have been yeah. mining, to, like, granted, he could have been mining too on the side, right, where he's has like you know way more bitcoin uh you know than yeah. than what's like hidden in satoshi's wallet that hasn't moved but mm -hmm. like you know he he yeah i mean i think it, it would just, be bearish just, for the short term everybody would freak out people would sell but ultimately it would be like okay well is suppose is satoshi the supreme leader of bitcoin now no okay yeah it's Fall a big part of the narrative though yeah but that like 
but he can't do anything. It's not like he can come in and be like, oh, I'm I'm in charge again. Like, go fuck. No, yourself. no, no. Yeah. I'm not saying like Satoshi the person. What if like Satoshi is the okay, CIA just, or something like that? Know, like, yeah. who's who? Like, the questions open up of like though, who? Right? Okay, who actually created this? Like, they're still around. They've been holding it for this long. Like, an individual is not gonna yeah, like. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it ruins the area. A lot of like. Yeah, I, I think it, I don't know. It was like Lynn Alden or something like that. It's just like money is defined by the narrative or yeah, throughout Lynn Alden's well, I mean, name. My, but whoever it is, it's like it kind of like ruins the like the mystique. Yeah, I understand. And Lynn, if you want to come on the podcast <laughs> to dispute this, open invite. I know you're listening. <laughs> but yeah. I, I mean, I get she's it too. Like, I mean, it's like uh, yeah, she's definitely in the live chat. She's in she's in my phone right now too. Maybe blowing me up just kidding yeah uh, but yeah i mean like in all seriousness like i i agree right like money is the narrative right right now the money that we back everything is is based off trust of the united states government so i mean it's like the same kind of thing right if satoshi sells off his coins do you trust bitcoin now because like it's built on this narrative that you know shadowy super coder who you know doesn't have his keys or a group of people or whatever that have kept this away so i mean we that's are, fair we are all satoshi yeah i heard that somewhere yeah i don't know um, where all right bullish you ready all right so no i'm not ready but go ahead fabio um what we talked about for the first 30 minutes is how the american financial system is so far gone that it's almost irreplaceable or or, or i guess irreversible irreversible if you will um larry fink is not a dumbass i think in this bullish scenario he has realized, okay, when I somehow am the most powerful man in the entire world and I just own this private or public company, or I'm the CEO of this public company, I have more power than the president. And I don't trust the president or the regime or anybody that's in Washington, D.C. because they're all a bunch of fucking idiots. I'm going to get this Bitcoin ETF approved and I'm going to use my... 80% of the S&P 500 leverage into all these companies to say you need to hold at a minimum a 20% allocation of bitcoin and then he he has he's already pumped his bags at the price down and then all of a sudden there's a 100 trillion dollars of wealth that comes into bitcoin and and the price rockets and he's the richest man still in the world bullish <laughs> what do we think about that yeah what do you think price um, would go to Price should go to price prediction. <laughs> one Bitcoin. One Bitcoin equals one Bitcoin. One Satoshi. No, I mean, I think, like, honestly, we'll know if we're in a, simula in, in a simulation if the next bear, uh, bull market, we go to 420,000. With 69 for the first all-time high, then 420. That's my that's me calling my shot, so there we go. I'm 420? Yeah. <laughs> if that happens, I'm taking my Bitcoin and getting the hell out of America. I'm getting the hell out. I'm, I'm going to live on a boat. <laughs> If we're on a simulation, you might as well just be on a boat. Yeah, I might as well be on a boat. The ocean fucking freaks me out, dude. I don't know if I could live on a boat like out in the middle of nowhere, dude. I'd be freaking out. Yeah, I, I'll let you know how it is. Yeah. <laughs> I'll fly a chopper in there. Yeah. Oh. All right, Ben, let's hear your bullish scenario. My bullish scenario? Yeah, do you have one? Doesn't sound like it. Dude, um, the way you worded that. Do you even Bitcoin, bro? Yeah, no. I, I don't know what I'm... Um, I really, I, it's just kind of fiat's be fiat. 
like (laughs) (laughs) just fiat's keep doing fiat things i don't like yeah uh it implodes yeah yeah uh i mean my bullish scenario is we get covenants but we won't dive into that that'd be cool (laughs) because we need them desperately covenants would be cool i don't know well we i i kind of like lined out my theory i think like the best case scenario for uh the united states and everybody kind of involved would be that it's kind of like a slow transition over time from the current monetary system, like small countries like El Salvador, they start picking it up as legal tender. Then, you know, El Salvador is what, like 10, 15% adopted now, right? That keeps growing. Then another country gets on, it takes a little bit, like 10, 15%, a couple year, every year until like, you know, five to 10 years down the road, those countries are all you know, whatever. And then to it's to a point where, okay, like we're starting to do international trade in Bitcoin, right? I mean, we're already kind of getting closer to that. And so then it's like, we're kind of starting to slowly move as a consensus of the entire world to move off of the US dollar standard to, you know, potentially a Bitcoin standard. Um, you know, will that happen? Probably not. It'll probably be bloody. It'll probably be something that, um, you know, causes a lot of issues because, you know, governments in power want to keep their power, right? So I think like over time, that would be the best case scenario because it would be, yeah, everybody gets along. Everybody's at peaches I mean, and are we Are we backing our dollar by Bitcoin in that I mean, transition? Like, I said, like starting like, at 1%, then 5 then 10 like, or Like I said, dude, I think like it's it's going to be, there's going to be some in between where it's we're at the dollar right now backed by nothing there's going to be some something in the middle whether it's a cbdc this bricks whatever money that they're making it's probably not that but like there's going to be something that we haven't even thought of probably um you know in between then we get to this bitcoin standard and like to be honest like i i know a lot of bitcoiners might hate me for saying this but i don't know if we get to like a full bitcoin standard for at least like 50 or so years like i don't think like it's going to be something that it's like you know right down the line like you know I don't I don't I just don't foresee it because like right now they're making it very difficult. You know, we need to have somebody in power that's going to be like, all right, there's no capital gains tax for when you spend your Bitcoin, because then that would encourage, you know, more people to accept because like, you know, right now, like you, know, you can buy stuff off of Bitcoin Bay and like some small businesses yeah. and like, you know, things like that in Bitcoin. But in reality, like, all right, like if you were to report all that it's going to be a tax hit off the ass like in all seriousness because it's going to be like all right bitcoin was at this price when they paid and especially if bitcoin goes up say bitcoin was at twenty thousand when somebody paid you for a hat or something um and then burned it like i will do on this live easy and then <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then the bitcoin's at forty thousand when you're reporting your taxes then it's okay like that hat then you made like double the profit theoretically right so i mean it's a lot of like you know, kind of scenarios right now that bullshit that, you know, that we have to kind of play nice now as things that, you know, as things stand. But I think like it's going to take some time. And unfortunately, um, you know, I I think actually maybe fortunately, like the the more time, the better. We'll see if that's like beneficial, like and if that how that'll all play out. But I think best case scenario, it takes a while because like as Ben said too already, like we're not ready for a full bitcoin adoption when it comes to like lightning network transactions like all those kind of things so it gives people time gives companies time uh to like build up that infrastructure and kind of make it so it's like a smooth transition 
because I mean, my my buddy Luke Mikich here, who's like another, you know, I, he's like a content guy. He posts a lot of threads. So if you guys aren't following him, he's Luke Mikich 21. He just sent me a tweet today uh, while we were sitting here that his girlfriend uh, lost a thousand dollars of the Chivo wallet because they canceled a thousand dollar transaction and they won't return her funds. So, like, I mean, the yeah. Chivo wallet in El Salvador hasn't been exactly a success. I mean, no, like, yeah. the, you know, yeah. there's um, some issues with it. But, you know, yeah, I mean, I, it's going to be like something that it, it's like you, you need that infrastructure in order to kind of build things out. And so I think like tech, Bitcoin, everything seems to move very fast. And I think that's because people like dive headfirst into it. But I think like, you know, if we take big steps every single day those big steps are going to add up over time. Right. And that's when it kind of, you know, that you see the U curve kind of like, you know, parabolic and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but gradually I think then like, suddenly, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I'm kind of with you. I think the gradually phase is going to play out over decades. Right. I mean, the dollar's not going anywhere. I do see maybe they back it, but I think backing the dollar with Bitcoin sends out a huge, you know, bat signal to the rest of the world. Like, Oh shit. Oh, they're, they're backing their currency with this. Why don't we just own that? And then, you know, then the price skyrockets so that I don't know if they would ever do that, but you know, to your point, yeah, there, I think, I think the Bitcoin's just going to slowly gradually kind of entrench itself into society and into this financial system in, in separate ways, obviously, cross-border payments, um, international trade, like all these things that require a ton of trust, especially trust with enemies. Um, it makes perfect sense to use something like Bitcoin, right? Yeah. Um, and I think it'll find its niche in those areas. But again, you know, we're talking a, a long time. I mean, it, Bitcoin's at what, 60K, it was a trillion dollar asset. So, um, you know, times that by a hundred, what is that? 600 or that's 6 million per coin yeah and that's only a hundred trillion dollar asset that's not e that's not even you know that's like you know, a little more than 15 percent of global you know uh wealth that's still not even you know we're still not even at, at hyper bitcoinization at that point yeah so i do think it's going to be a long road ahead um but yeah i mean all we can do is kind of educate as many people as we can and kind of you know keep rowing the boat amen keep rowing the boat <laughs> You got any final parting words there, Ben? Ah, uh, no. Thanks for uh, letting me crash in, <laughs> Fabio. Yeah, I mean, Fabio was, Fabio was pretty boring. You know, <laughs> I appreciate you jumping in. But for those that are still with us, I appreciate you going through this full rip. We've been going for uh, over an hour and 40 minutes at this point. Oh, nice. So, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of screen time for Fabio. So I don't know how the fuck he got played into this. But, I mean, I am bringing him on as my intern. So everybody. <laughs> oh, uh, nice. Yeah. Congrats. Yeah, so, yeah. What are you uh, modeling? modeling yeah yeah nice. i'm gonna nice. be getting show merch. that new logo yeah, yeah i'm exactly. gonna get get merch yeah the new logo you can see it on the top right hopefully i get some hats or something here soon um and uh yeah oh um oh yeah i am looking for gotta, in all seriousness i am looking for an intern so if you've made it this far and you're listening to my podcast like <laughs> shoot me an email greencandleit at gmail.com you got a new website too Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> no. God damn. You haven't shared? No, I haven't you, you shared that to, yet. Yeah. You have a, you're waiting to... He's, okay. he's logging off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, What's so... BitcoinBay.live. Yeah, BitcoinBay.live. And uh, yeah, if you haven't already, hit that subscribe button uh, wherever you get podcasts, especially the YouTube. Help the thing grow. 
And uh, yeah, boys, thanks for coming on in. Next time we need some uh, whiskey or something. Yeah, dude. Next time we should just like, yeah, do this like little drinking or kick you know, back. Have, yeah, kick back. Pre-game, I mean. Friday night pre-game. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Amen. See you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Later.